Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast, emergency edition. I've never done a Sunday night podcast, mostly because over here in Europe, the golf usually ends after midnight, and it's the last thing I want to do. But uh, pretty historic moment that we just witnessed from Henrik Stenson winning the Open Championship by three shots over Phil Mickelson. I am joined by operations supervisor from the score, Adam Sarson. Uh, I would normally ask if you've recovered yet from what we just witnessed, but I don't think you've, it's even possible given the amount of time since the, the last putt just dropped. No, there, there, is, there is no chance to have uh, recovered as of yet. It's been, what, about not even an hour, I guess, uh, since, since it ended. Um, I, I, I'm still in shock at what we actually just witnessed. I mean, there, there, was, there, were, there were two players who were playing a completely different course out there, apparently, and yeah. I don't understand how, it, how any of it ever actually happened. I mean, how often do you see, I guess I should look this up before asking it, that guys just, like, the second place guy is 11 shots clear of the third place guy. Like, it really, I mean, just broadcasts tend to hone in on just the final grouping and the final guys in the running at the end. There was no, almost no reason to show anybody else, though, at that point, because it really was the biggest runaway two-man show I've seen in a major. I think I saw, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but I think I saw somebody just before we came on and did this say that it was... The previous uh, biggest margin was ten shots um, at the at the duel in the sun. So I mean, we're we're talking about an actually a, a, you know historic a historic level of difference here. I mean, it, it was it was actually I was saying to you just before we came on, but like it's it was actually comical like watching what they were doing on Sunday because it just everything was just so pure. Like they're they're like they like it was a little different on Saturday where like they separated themselves a on, on Saturday as well. But like Phil wasn't Phil somehow, I don't know how he shot what he shot on Saturday. because uh, he was all over the map and he was some somehow I just seemingly getting lucky out there, but like it was completely different on Sunday because they were just hitting so so pure shots. It was it was unbelievable. I had a buddy actually come over. Usually I'm watching golf by myself. Cause like I said, it's usually pretty late at night. And uh, I actually had a buddy come over and watch with me today. And he's a, a decent golf fan, not a huge golf fan. But we were, we were literally laughing out loud at when putts started rolling in. Like, we're just looking <laughs> at each other and laughing when Stenson would roll in a 25-footer. And like, even he could like, clearly appreciate what was going on. It was absolutely ridiculous. But before we get he into the... He walked in a 51-footer. He did, walked okay. it in. That was awesome, but... Did he like Stenson? Does that he walks? He walk, starts walking on, after some of the long putts. Are we positive he thought it was in, or was he just kind of like, you know what? I, I'm actually 40. I can't see that far. Like I need to see how close this gets, I, and it went I in. I honestly don't think it matters. I, okay. I really don't. It was so. It was just so. It was. It was the most boss moment you could have the entire week. It was incredible. I, I, but I'm not confident. It was pretty. It was amazing. It was badass. But I'm not confident that he thought it was in when he started walking. That's the only criticism of it. It's gonna be up there for the saucies. Don't you worry. It'll be oh, year end saucies. It will be there. I imagine that's gonna make the final four. Uh, although Thomas Peters today breaking a club over his over his knee and then oh hitting it to 15 feet. That's probably your front runner for the year. You so. throw you throw both parts of it into the gorse. Like it's amazing. <laughs> oh, this is the greatest tournament ever. I love this tournament. Unbelievable. It's but. completely over. 
overshadowed like Rory Brayton of three wood. It's complete. It's unbelievable this week. Yeah, DJ Piaski just tweeted out like a list of top ten things of the week, and I think Rory breaking a three wood only came in at like number nine. It was like, yeah. um, I forget. I didn't. I didn't see the whole. I don't have the list in front of me. But before we, the most important thing we have to tackle is these people that are out there trying to come up with a name for this thing, like comparing it to the duel in the sun. The duel in the sun, they literally just described what the weather was like after the word duel. That's the amount of effort they put into naming this thing. Can we stop this? <laughs> the, the, the only, like, really, really good one that I thought I saw from, uh, I think it was Joe Nasty who tweeted it out, was, was, was High Troon. Okay. That one's, that one's pretty good. All but, right. Uh, but, but the rest of them, like, yeah, you're just, you're trying too hard. Like, you know, it's not, you don't need to call it, like, the tussle of Troon or something like that. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, we, you and I grew up in the Tiger era, and it's always a, a risk, especially this immediate aftermath of doing it, of uh, hyperbole. But uh, do you do you recall a better final round of a major in your lifetime? Oh, uh, no, I, I honestly don't think. I mean, look, you, you get uh, so you, you can obviously look back at you know in terms of you know memorable memorable moments you obviously have all kinds of different stuff whether it's Vandeveld or or even you know Spieth you know this year at Augusta which I'm sure you're still not over yet yeah let's not we're not doing that um but but if we're talking about pure entertainment value no I mean there there was no there there I I can't recall anything that even comes close to this um there there's a there's a great account on Twitter uh 15th club which I believe Jake Nichols uh writes for um and they were talking about all the strokes gained and whatever and basically they were saying that um, Stenson's 20 under this week was pretty much equal to what Tiger did at, at Pebble in 2000. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, so, I mean, like, we're, we're talking historic levels here. Yeah, and that's uh, so dating back all the way back to the 2015 PGA Championship, um, the Jason Day won at 20 under, Speed finished in second at 17. Same exact two scores as Stenson and Mickelson this week, but. Behind that, Brandon Grace at 15, Justin Rose at 14, Kepka Lahiri, 13, Kutsia, DJ, Kucher, 12, Finau, Streb, 11. Like, there were guys that were, it was an easy setup. Whistling Straits just played very easy. Troon did not. I mean, Rory finished fifth at four under, and he was <laughs> 16 shots back of Stenson. It, it's un, it really is unfathomable. Like, you look at, like, what, uh, and it's even it's even better actually that there were two guys who did it. Like it, these two guys, obviously, just it, it felt like I can't remember again who tweeted it, but it felt like those two were playing at the Barbasol this week. <laughs> like it was it was insane. Um, and yeah, it's you have like JB Holmes shot seventy on the first two days, and then sixty nine on this and on the weekend, and it's like he wasn't even remotely close. No, and he even. finished third. Yeah, he should get like. His his uh, so Ryder Cup points count double for um, you know major championships. They yep. should not count double for him for that. You <laughs> cannot finish eleven shots behind second place and then like fully accept all the third place points for that because that's ridiculous. But uh, no, Hank Stinson and Phil shot a best ball fifty nine today in the final round of the major paired together. <sighs> it wasn't easy conditions. Like it wasn't tough. It wasn't no. like it wasn't whipping and raining and whatnot that it was earlier in the week, but. It was not like it was on on Thursday when Phil had basically a, as easy as possible conditions as you can have in an open. Um, oh, I, I'm, I'm, and Phil, Hank had two three putts too. He had two bogeys and oh, shot sixty three. No. And it's it's so like I said, comparing it to, to even yesterday's round, like yesterday's round was a whole lot tougher, and they still went out and shot sixty eight and seventy. 
and and just gave them enough of a cushion that it really wasn't like no one was going to catch them today anyway and then on top of that it's like they went out and just shot 63 65 like it was nothing like it's like it's it it defies description on so many levels really and it's i i don't you're never going to see this again. I really honestly believe you're never going to see this again. Yeah, the only way it could have been better in my mind is if, um, I think if Phil had shot 63, Hank shot 65, and Phil beat him by one, that would have been like the storybook ending, I think. It would have been like, Stenson, you couldn't say anything about his performance, he didn't blow the lead, and Phil shot the greatest round in final in major championship history to beat him by one. I mean, not to say what we just witnessed wasn't incredible, but at the very end, the suspense was gone, at least by the 18th hole. But uh, I should absolutely be, the last thing I should be doing is critis- critiquing this tournament and trying to wish for something better than what we just witnessed. <laughs> well, there, there is there is no way that Phil, like, Phil didn't deserve to lose at no, all. Like, no. this is, like, it's, he he did he did everything possible that he could do to to not lose this tournament. Like there there isn't there there's nothing you can really say about it. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it, I'm struggling to come up with words. Like, yeah, there were there were uh, I was reading something else too about how like he his his score of 17 under like he loses by three and he would have at least forced a playoff in 141 of 145 opens. <laughs> Like, how do you, how do you post a number like that and not only lose but lose by three? Oh God, I I I don't know what how he's got to be feeling right now. I mean, I know he's probably his career in general. He's feeling very accomplished, I would think. But you just how do you come to turn? You got there's got to be a little bit of why me today. Like, you kidding me? All the final round heartbreaks I've had. I went out and shot sixty five today and got beat by I got beat by three. I mean, you got to just feel helpless at that point. It just doesn't feel right. But. Yeah, I mean, I maybe it feels a little bit better that it wasn't the U.S. Open, I guess. I mean, he's already got one of these. I mean, I, his life is obviously great as it is, but, I mean, obviously you want to win as often as, as possible. Um, you, you could tell, though, and, like, his, he did an interview with Steve Sands after the round, and, like, he knows, he knows how well he played today. And it just, you know, he, he can say that he's happy for Stenson, and I'm sure he is, but, yeah. like, it, it's just not... It's not the same, obviously. That's what made it so enjoyable, though, from a viewer, viewer standpoint. Is I, I mean, I was I would say I was like fifty-five to forty-five rooting for Phil, but it was not like Zach Johnson versus Spieth at the British Open last year. Like it was, <laughs> like I, it was my day could not have been affected by whoever won. That's it was. It, Stenson's a very likable guy. I've always been a big fan of him, even though I don't talk about him a whole lot. But he's um, one of the, I probably when it comes to foreign players that I root for, he's way near the top. Near probably only behind Rory and uh, maybe Sergio, depending on the situation. But um, such a likable guy. There's, there's, it's, it's hard to ha- find a bad thing to say about him, other than the peop- the traditionalists that don't like his temper or whatever. That's really the only criticism I could think of him. So that's what made this so much fun. It's like these back and forth birdies. Was like I couldn't even get up. I couldn't even be mad. Like I, you can't. There's no possible way you could have not enjoyed watching that. I felt people like people, not even golf fans, were tuning in, tweeting about it, and it was uh, oh, it was wildly entertaining. I'm still I'm still buzzing from it. I think. Yeah, I mean the like. He is—he's incredibly likable. 
I mean, that's the that's the truth. I mean, like not only from a from a personality standpoint. I mean, he's he's hilarious. Like if you see him do any of the any of the great stuff that the Callaway guys have been putting out on social the last few weeks, like he's he's front and center as one of the funniest guys you'll ever see on tour. And then when you get to watch him on the course, like he's just such a pure ball striker. Like the ball sounds different. And like I know that's a cliche that people say, but like it really does sound different coming off of his club face than it does off of anybody else's. Like he's he's insanely good. And and the whole like yeah, the whole thing about how he hasn't had a major win and all that yet. I mean, I'm, I mean, you and I both hate those kinds of conversations. So, um, obviously, with DJ last last month, and you know, hopefully Sergio in two weeks will be uh, will be done with that stuff. So <laughs> we made it 11, 12, almost twelve minutes into the recording, and without you mentioning Sergio and, uh, and winning a major. So congratulations! You mentioned it first. In fairness, you mentioned I mentioned his name, and I, that I would somewhat root for him. I didn't think I did not. Mentioned him possibly getting off the major snide. It was like even my buddy was again. Like, he's not the biggest golf fan we're watching. He's just like, does Sergio just do this in every major? Just kind of like near the top, but is clearly not going to win it. And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good way of defining it at this point. It's pretty accurate. I mean, that that ends in a couple of weeks. So oh that's, god, that's fine. You're still gonna do this. I, I oh, yeah. we picked him 2014 Masters, and I think that was the last time I did it, nor will ever do it. I was like, you know what? That was it. I, I, I I've come this far. Um, it's not, it's, I don't think it's going to happen, but, um, eventually I'm going to be right. That's just my theory. (laughs) That's the logic, but there's going to be so much scar tissue at that point. Are you going to really even be able to enjoy it when it actually does happen? If it does, but, um, what did you think, I guess, about Royal Troon, RNA set up in, uh, and the golf course in general? Setup was great. Um, you know, there, there really, there really isn't much to say about the setup and there. I, I don't know how much. I don't know how much you can really do uh, to a lot of these courses, like like Troon. Like it's it's so it's pretty much perfect as it is anyway. Um, I thought the RNA obviously with the with the high winds that were forecasted over at least for the first three days, um, they decided not to not to do anything with the greens. They're only running about you know nine nine and a half on the stem apparently. So I mean, like the setup is the setup is great. Um, it's not it's not too it's not it's not artificially penal. You know, like, but so much of the USGA setup is like, it's obviously very penal. I mean, you saw what happened all week at, at the postage stamp. I mean, it's only, it's only 120 yards at the very most, depending on where the tee is that day. And the guys were just all over the place. Like they couldn't, they couldn't figure out how to play it. Yeah. Um, and no, I, so, so the setup, the setup was great. The course, I, I've always liked Truman, so um, it was great to see. Yeah, I thought, um, I mean, I, I made this point during the U.S. Open, too, is how much we just talk about the golf course during U.S. Open week and during Open Championship week. It's just kind of the setting, right? And that's the way it definitely should be. Um, I feel like Troon's a little bit little bit boring um, and not like the, my favorite of the, of the Open Championship courses, but at the same time, a great test. It clear, like, I, I, I love the fact that the, these guys were, I mean, I think it was kind of a freak way it played out, but the fact these guys were able to separate themselves uh, says a lot about the golf course uh, more than more necessarily than it does like Stenson and, and Mickelson and that like a, that PGA Championship I gave example I gave like everybody went low Day just went the lowest like uh, this was such a good setup to be able if you're like really on your game especially from a putting perspective I feel like Stenson and Mickelson were the only ones making putts all week uh, that was that was the it's just a, a setup where you could absolutely take it low if you were on fire but. You're not getting away with any like Rory. I felt like hit the ball really well for the better part of the week, yep. but just made too many mistakes, missed so many putts inside five feet, inside ten feet 
that he would never really got it together. And I mean, I, I was kept trying to talk my, myself into him making a comeback at this, <laughs> and man, to come to fall sixteen sh- shots short, I'm I'm happy the way that played out. I would I feel like there would have been so many uh, like, damn, if he'd have just made that putt, if he ended up being close, which I'm very thankful he was not close. I mean, he still backdoored that top five. Oh yeah, right? I mean, I mean does, that's just what he does. It's right? a pat- I mean, patented like, move. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's just so talented that obviously you know it, eventually it just it'll take over, right? Um, but no, I, I I agree with you that it's not like the, the best course on the Open Rota, but like I mean, how it it's still so good that you know it's it's you can't really have any major complaints about it. I do think that some of the holes do kind of look so similar. Um, but I, I love love the poster stamp. Obviously, I love ten and eleven. They were very difficult all week. It was, but it, like I said, it wasn't artificially difficult. Yeah. Like it's not tricked out like the USGA makes all of uh, all their courses. So I thought it was great. I just love on the links the links courses how uh, interesting like the three hundred sixty to three hundred ninety yard par fours can be, depending yeah. on the wind and like the strategy that goes into playing those holes. Those holes, no matter what the uh, no matter what you do in the U.S. to those holes. The, the pros are going to play those holes under par, like overall as a yep. field. Like you can trick them up as much as you want, but no matter what, outside the U.S. Open setup, those those holes are always going to be birdie holes for those guys. But it's not necessarily the case when it comes to these link style and Open Championship courses, which I think is I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you could play a hole, and I think I, we saw a lot of different wins this week, which I don't think was is a normal yep. thing there. And you got like there was no like. Uh, on a day-to-day basis, I didn't know how certain holes were playing. It wasn't like, oh, seven, everyone's going to be driving this hole today, or oh, yeah. you know, four is easily reachable. Is it reachable on every day? I don't know. I find that really fun and really, uh, really a, a strong test. So well, and then even even just to go back to to the postage stamp for a second, like they were, uh, Mark O'Meara one day he birdied it one day, and he actually like he hit an eight iron into into the hole where it was where it was only a hundred yards. Um, you know, Kucher today put it in one of the bunkers, and then. You know, ended up putting it back in the same bunker after pitching out. Like it, it was like the the whole thing is is like the course design now. Like you know, you don't need you know you don't need the two hundred and forty five yard par three to make these guys struggle a bit. You know, like you just you just need to have you have to have them think. And if they think about it, you know, it's uh, it's just it's just more entertaining that way. What was it? The difference between number eight at uh, Oakmont versus uh, Troon it was like a it was like it was the length of a par three. It was like 183 yards or something. Yeah, one of the days, exactly. So ridiculous. It's, yeah, no, it's incredible. <laughs> so ridiculous. And I mean, Phil even made comments after the round. Uh, Brennan Porath was tweeting about um, just threw threw in a shot at the USGA, <laughs> of course, <laughs> at his RNA or at his Open Championship press conference. I'm doing great, not calling it the British Open right now, which I was way too nice about that this week. Um, uh, you better watch out. Oh, I know. I, I <laughs> the best was today. I, I did a fake quote from the USGA president, like screwing up Henrik Stenson's name in the announcement. <laughs> I called it the British Open, and people were correcting me. Well, I've never heard of the British Open. What is that? It's like, oh my God, get over you, yourself. You people need to let it go. If get any of you yourself. are listening to this, you need to let it go. And I, I call it the Open Championship all the time. But like, come on. <laughs> All the all the time you save by not calling it the British Open and just calling it the Open, you waste correcting everybody else that says it. So I thought it was interesting though that NBC, like, because obviously it's their first year on the covers this year, but like NBC just they made a point of not calling it the British Open on the air repeatedly this week. Like yeah. they were just calling it the Open right from the very beginning. Which I mean, I guess they're 
I don't, I don't know if they were told to do that or whatever, but uh, no, it was, that was definitely interesting to me too. That's interesting because, yeah, I felt like ESPN, like growing up as a kid, I know like the graphics all say the Open Championship or the 100 and whatever Open Championship, but I feel like they referred to it as the British Open, didn't they? I could have, I thought the exact same thing while I was watching it this week. Yeah. Um, what did you think of uh, NBC covering their first, or it's Golf Channel, I guess, covering their first major and uh, the combined NBC covering their first Open Championship? Well, I mean, the, the, the best thing that they did was just, I mean, the sheer amount of coverage this week yeah. was, was insane. Um, so, I, like, I know you're over in Europe, but here on the East Coast um, in North America, we had, uh, they were up at 1.30 in the morning. Amazing. Every, Thursday and Friday. Um, they had 29 hours of coverage the first two days. Um, and, you know, they had a ton of coverage on the weekend, too, obviously. You could basically watch... Um, you basically watch every shot. Um, and I saw, I think, Jake Hoffman from Golf Channel retweeted something uh, last couple days ago about uh, how they actually did get everybody onto the broadcast at one point. What do you so, mean? Oh, like, they got they every only, player. Yeah, every wow. player was shown at least once on the broadcast at some point in the first two days. And I it's did. like, that, that, <laughs> seemed, that seems impossible to me with the, way that the, with the way that the broadcast should work. But, I mean, uh, they, that was the best. Um, I thought I thought that they could have used Verity a little better. Yeah. Um, but that seems to be a recurring thing with him <laughs> since he moved to NBC. So I I don't know if that's uh, I don't I don't know how much of a criticism that is at this point. So um, that's funny you mentioned about every player making the broadcast because I remember I saw some some Golf Channel staffer like tweet out after day one that 110 of the 156 players made it on the broadcast. And then on day two, they randomly showed a guy I'd never heard of, one shot. It was like a par putt, and he was 10 over par. And I was like, they are literally just trying to show as many, like for their stats, as many people as possible, which is cool. I'm, I'm fine with that. But um, I think, yeah, they got honed in a little bit on the, uh, on the weekend on just those final few guys. But, again, I think the situation called for that. But uh, it's, I know Fox kind of screwed up the curve on the Pro Tracer, and I know I tweeted maybe 85 times about it this week. But what a missed opportunity, man. I mean, you're, you're, you gotta, this, is not, this is not the Barbasol. No, no offense to the Barbasol. Like, this is a big boy event. Um, you, you, have, you have the technology available to do this. On a link-style course where we have no sight lines, no trees to see the ball flying against, you've got to use Pro Tracer, and they used it maybe 10% of as much as they should have. Yeah, no, I mean, Fox, I mean, the, the whole, like, you know how we always say that, like, Tiger has ruined everything for, like, all these players coming up today because of how much he won? Yep. This is, this is basically the same thing with Fox. Like, Fox actually has ruined coverage for the rest of us. And, and what, a, what an amazing yes, turnaround like, from last year. Like, well, how yeah. much we shredded them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in, in, in our group there, I, met, like, just, I actually messaged the other day thinking that, like, I was like, yeah, Fox is actually better than NBC now. Like, there's no getting around that for me. Wow. Like, I, like they, they do, they just do a great job. And, like, I, and don't get me wrong, like, I thought NBC was, was decent this week. I mean, the amount, of, the amount of stuff that they showed is obviously paramount. Like, that's what you want. Yeah. But, it, but it definitely felt like on the weekend as well that, like, the actual golf to, to commercial ratio was way off. Yeah. And, like, I mean, that's not exactly a huge shock, I guess. And, I mean, CBS is probably going to do the same thing with the PGA in a couple of weeks. But it's, it is it is frustrating. And the Pro Tracer thing, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah. I'm, I mean, I feel like, um, and I, I, I tweeted at them, both NBC and Golf Channel, and I felt like it's such an overwhelming thing and that uh, I'm, I was hoping – that they would at least notice it, be like, "This is what people are talking about." Like, we need to do this. And um, there, I don't know. There if was that... a shot. There was a shot on Thursday. 
of uh, of Rory, and they had the Pro Tracer on Rory on the range. Yeah. And I was like, this like I would pay for this. Like this is this is perfect. Take my money. And then, and then, and then we basically didn't get to see anywhere near as much Pro Tracer as we should have. That was that was frustrating for sure. I, I just think I don't know. I think that matters to golf fans. I think it really, really, really um, beefs up a broadcast, and that. Um, and it's yeah, kind of one of those things we didn't know how much we needed it until we had it, and then now we see it. But I, I have a hard time, I guess, putting Fox above NBC overall just because their broadcast team is so stacked now. It's really ridiculous, and um, I could do without Faldo you know, on the Golf Channel portion of it, but, um, man, bringing in Mike Tirico is a huge get. There, there's not that many guys that can do play-by-play that make it feel like a big event. And I'll give Nance, Hicks, and Tariko credit on all that. When SVP does it too, it feels like a big event. But um, Joe Buck, he's, he just, he's fine. But it just again, I don't feel like I'm watching a big major event when I hear him calling golf. But they're just the fact they can turn it over, you know, to Maltby. They got Faraday, who's yeah, criminally underused. They got Tariko, and I can do it. I'm not a big Peter Jacobson guy, but. And they go, Hicks, Johnny Miller. It's like, man, they are just absolutely stacked. I would love to see. The commercials were a huge issue, I thought, this weekend. But um, if you can mix in the technology with that group, it's going to be a, that's a tough, tough team to beat. I, I completely agree with you on Torito, but I, but it just kind of like Ferry, like it didn't seem like the role he was in this week was correct. Right. It's like, kind of weird. Yeah, they, they're still like a... I don't know. There's something they feel like they kept going to him, like just him on the camera to describe something that's about to happen, like in like a cheesy yeah. written out thing, which I don't think is his his role. But um, no, man, I mean, what, I mean, it was either that or he was sitting with Jimmy Roberts, and like he would ask Jimmy Roberts a couple of questions, and they'd throw to like they'd throw to a, a piece that they had done, and it's like, okay, is this really what Mike Tirico was here to do? Like, yeah. obviously, like obviously with NBC, like he's there for the Olympics, he's there for football. Like I get it, but like. You know, and and I like Dan Harris, but I I, I do prefer Tariko personally. Um, I'm not so much like you. I'm not so much on the Peter Jacobson thing. Um, but but Johnny this week, Johnny was in in some in some kind of some kind of form this week though. Um, he he definitely hasn't lost the fastball. That that's 100 percent for sure. Oh, I just it makes me sad that he doesn't call U.S. Opens anymore. It really is entertaining. I mean, the fact. <laughs> I get what he was trying to say about Rory, about um, him being in the gym too much and being wanting to show off his muscles too much. But the fact that he referred to him wearing too tight of shirts as part of the reason that he's being held back was that was just special. I mean, I'm not even mad about it. That was just special. And then, and then, of all people, Gary Player calls him out on Twitter yeah. and says that it's balderdash, balderdash. That, that, that Rory works out too much. Is that a word? Oh, it's a word. It's absolutely a word. Is it mean um, but senseless talk? Okay, yeah, that's oh, a word. Oh, yeah, that's okay. crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, look, it, Johnny, like, I I used to be so far the other way on Johnny where it was like, I just couldn't stand him because I thought he was just being way too negative and over the top. I've actually gotten so far the other way now in that he's actually even more over the top now, and it's just, it's so funny to me that he that this is this is the way he's gone about things it's it's the best it's honestly the best i mean he doesn't even try to mix in like like veiled brags like he just yeah no when i won in 70 whatever i won by four shots right like it's it's fantastic i mean um i do love i love how nicholas um just again jack has nothing to do with this event absolutely nothing 
on after Phil's missed 62, tweeted out a story that reminded him of his own run at 62. It was like, <laughs> these guys just, I mean, they, they, the length they go to to talk about themselves, it, it never ceases to amaze me. And Jack is the, always one for that. Yeah, the, the enough about me, what do you think of me? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. but they, yeah, no, I know. But, like, but it, was, it was great, though. Just, I mean, obviously, Stenson goes out and fires 63 on Sunday to win. And, like, just the idea that Johnny's in the booth for that. Like, like I was really... Like when Phil almost shot sixty two on Thursday, um, Johnny wasn't actually in the booth at that point. I think it was I think it was Gannon and Faldo, um, and like I was just praying that he was going to do it just to see Johnny like just to see his head explode live on the air. <laughs> As I was hoping, yeah, I think he was out there doing like voodoo stuff on the on that eighteenth <laughs> green, willing that ball out of the hole on Nicholson's putt. Trying, you know, trying his best to grab that bottle of champagne like Mercury Morris or something. Yeah, and just pop it again. Like it's yeah, no, I, he he's great. Uh, but yeah, the NBC, I thought I thought they were okay, but you know, it just it, Fox Fox has had a, a bit of a bit of enough leap for me now that that's actually who I want to, to see. So worst to first, big leap. I think uh, for me here, I, I I pay extra for the international golf channel that I get. Um, unfortunately, it's in Dutch, so I don't want. <laughs> I I, uh, I just have it on on mute, but. Um, so it's it's mostly synced to the to the uh, the whatever golf channel CBS broadcast that's going on in the states, except for when they do the fluff pieces, they just keep showing golf here, and when they go to commercial, they keep showing golf, keep showing golf, and it is unbelievable how much you more you notice the when the commercials come in and all the fluff pieces and stuff because it, it, it yeah you it's like it's thirty to forty percent more golf on TV and it's just none of the crap that comes with it. Um, and again, maybe casual fans really do love the fluff pieces and the cutaways and stuff from all the action, but I'll never understand putting the camera on the two announcers talking rather than the action going on. We, yeah. <laughs> you can talk while the, the action's going on. Um, I, at some point, these broadcasts are going to have to change away from the, the formula that's been in, been used forever and just show us golf. But um, well, but there was there was there was a good piece that Jimmy Roberts did on uh, on Presswick this week and. But like I saw it on Saturday, and then they played it again on Sunday, and I'm like, well, why? Why am I seeing this again? Now, granted, not everyone's going to watch yeah. as much as we watched this weekend. But like, yeah, no, that 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 kind of stuff is probably going to have to change at some point soon. How much? Uh, so I mean, this feels like forever ago now. But the pre-tournament uh, press conferences. But uh, what did you did you have a take? I guess on what Rory had to say before the tournament started about the Olympics and about pleasing everybody and uh basically him just breathing fire all over the open championship media center <laughs> uh yeah the uh the, the people who are like ripping into rory for skipping this like, i i really don't understand like you know when he like i i understand that maybe like he probably shouldn't have maybe not said what he said in the way that he phrased it um but like you know we really can't have it both ways where like we rip into these guys for speak in their mind and then complain when no one says anything. That's the first thing. Um, and then the second thing is like, I, I have yet to see how anyone, like no one has explained to me in any kind of article or anything. No one has said how exactly Rory playing a stroke play event in Brazil is going to actually grow the game. Um, like I, I like we, we have so many, but the, a day like today, like the, the golf was so fantastic to watch. Um, and you know, obviously people like us, like we're tuned in, we're, we're, we're geared up, we're ready for it. Um, but then like, when you really think about it, like the average person playing, it's like, well, you know, 
it costs too much. It takes too long. Uh, you have, you know, rampant sexism in some parts of the world for it. Um, there's a class system that people can't, that people can't break through. Like, tell me, tell me when those issues are resolved. And that's when I'll actually believe that the game can grow in some meaningful way. Not because Rory and, and Jordan are playing in Brazil. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've, I, this really didn't fire me up that much, but I do have, I guess, some opinions and takes on it. It's a little bit opposite of what you're saying. Um, I agree with the whole honesty thing. Um, I love how Rory is almost always very honest, very clear. And like this was one time where he just like had no problems burning to the ground. I'm not going to try and even remotely try to be politically correct here. However, some of the stuff he said, I think it was so unnecessary. Like to, to just to be like, I'm going to watch the stuff that matters. It's oh, like, no, that, that was unnecessary. There's no doubt. Yeah, and it's like, man, uh, look, I'm with you. If you don't want to play the Olympics, do it. If you, I, I'm, Again, I'm with you speaking your mind uh, and being honest about your reasons of not wanting to play it. But I don't, just taking that shot at it was just kind of like, I mean, yeah. again, I'm, I'm, I'm so far on Team Rory, but it was just like, I don't know. I, it was hard to really get like swear off on that one. Like if, and I gave it the Bubba test. Like if Bubba said that and didn't do it, I would have had, I would have flipped out a little bit on it. So, I, but I'm yeah. very well aware that I'm not I'm not um, I'm not necessarily fair with my treatment and my judgment of, of guys when they when they do stuff like this. But um, yeah, and, and as far as growing the game, I agree that I don't. But I, I don't necessarily think the Olympics, when we say grow the game, is going to bring a lot more people playing the game because, like you said, the issues of playing the game are still all there. But it really is going to be billions of people that watch the Olympics. I'm not saying billions of people are going to tune into golf, but it could be completely new um, eyeballs on the sport to watch it that could have growing interest in watching the sport. Now, do I care about that? Not really. Should Rory care about that? Maybe, but I don't. I, I, I'm fine with him saying, you know, that he doesn't feel a responsibility to grow the game. I, I, I am fine with that. It doesn't matter to me. But it is the Olympics. I know that there's a lot of reasons not to go, but the the thing I've the, the stance I've had from the very beginning is that, and Speed even referred to this in, in one in one of his press conferences, which I was like, uh, I think he kind of stole the take from me, which I'll I'll, I'll discuss that with him privately. But um, <laughs> I just like I said, I think when the opening ceremonies go off, all those lights, can, the cameras flashing, um, and billions of people watching around the world, and the the, the athletes are walking through the athletes and Matt Kuchar are walking through the opening <laughs> ceremonies. Uh, Backdoor to spot on the team. Right? Yeah, it's not always going to happen. I just have a feeling they're going to have a little regret on it when when somebody earns a gold medal that we've never heard of before. Like it's kind of like, wow, man, this was this this really is something different. This is this is um, you know I know they that they care about the majors. They have their own stroke play events. I get all that. I just think it, and um, I don't know if it was in the U.S. and these guys all would have gone. They all would have played. It would have been a, a non-issue, but. They're acting like Rio is on the moon. Like it's like the farthest trip they'll ever have to make. Um, these guys go across the pond all the time. It's no big deal. Um, I, I just think that there is something to the Olymp- to golf Olympics. I think it's probably already ruined. Um, I'm a bit alone on it because a lot of people just love to make fun of it. But um, I don't know. I'm still planning on at least watching a little bit of it. I think I'm going to be out of town when they, when it goes off. But um, it's kind of my long-winded Uh-oh. take to say I kind of agree. I'm with Rory being honest. I'm with you on that, getting on guys for being honest, but it's a bit unnecessary. And um, I can't put myself in their shoes, though. Maybe if I was in their shoes, uh, that I wouldn't want to go as well. No, and, and don't don't get me wrong. Like watching watching golf at the Olympics. I mean, it is going to bring new people in. I have no doubt about that. Um, I think I think where where I kind of took a little bit of issue with it was like the people just 
laying into the players for spipping it. It's like, well, you know, the Zika thing, like, is it that big of a deal? It's probably nowhere near as big of a deal as people are making it right. to be, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there's so much other stuff going on in Rio right now that I wouldn't blame anybody for not wanting to take any part of. Yep. Um, and on top of that, it's like, you know what, these guys, sure, like, it's going to be really cool for somebody to win a gold medal. But, I mean, there's also, they, they also, the last time it was in the Olympics was 1904. Like, they have never once grown up with the idea of, wow, you know what would be really cool is if I could win a gold medal. It's like they've spent their entire lives focused on winning golf tournaments and winning majors and all that. It's just it's never been a priority. So when you when you throw that in with, with all the other stuff going around in real, like, it doesn't like, – I'm cool with them stripping it too. Yeah. No. I mean, all that makes sense. And, and I think the security issues – in Rio are, are a little more real than uh, if you're not going to be able to go and enjoy yourself and feel safe, it's not worth going. And I, I've no. talked to at least one player who was not eligible for the team, obviously, but he said, he's like, I, don't, I wouldn't go. Like if I had the chance, I would not go. He's like, I like, he's like, I like my life. I'm not in, in a huge hurry to, uh, to put my health and, and safety at risk to go down there. I was like, all right, that, that's hard to argue with. I get all that. But I feel like these guys have just been like shitting on this event as just a, a stupid event. Um, outside of the location of it and the risk of it, I know they screwed the format up. Uh, clearly, they missed, yeah. they they really missed an opportunity to make a team event, and they would have had a much better turnout had they made it a team event. But um, I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot on the Olympics. I, I think uh, <laughs> I, I, it's been kind of beaten to death. It's really it's a really pretty minor scratch blip on the calendar. Um, With that said, if 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 when you know actually when Kyrdek is winning the gold medal, I'll be all in. <laughs> so just you know keep that in mind. Can I bet somewhere on Kucher to finish exactly third place? Like it? <laughs> like it, it, Probably. It, I think I feel like if golf somehow stays in the Olympics, that it should be called. It shouldn't be a bronze medal. It should be like the Kucher medal, like the third place how, medal. How upset is he that like he doesn't get to color coordinate his outfit? Because oh, like man. he's always all over the place, and like he's already like Adidas already has everything set up. So, you know, him and his turquoise hat are just going to have to stay home. But, uh, <laughs> it's like mismatching different shades of brown, probably. His Phil. turquoise hat and his brown shoes. Like, let's uh, get out of here. Phil, on Saturday, went, I'm trying to think of the combination here. Was it blue pants, black shirt, blue hat? Just yeah, like it was something weird. With, I mean, can we talk about the binder clip, too? Uh, we, we, we zoomed oh past that. I, I went too fast past the Open. We shouldn't be done talking about the Open because the Olympics does not deserve to be talked about immediately after this Open Championship. No, but, God, absolutely not. Um, what's the deal with the binder clip? Is that Phil just, like, like just trolling us? Like, he's like, you know what? Twitter hasn't been, been talking about me in a couple of days. Let's, let's see what I can do here. I'm just going to – found a random binder clip in his hotel and put it on his hat. So like what like what did he say something about how like with the wind like he was worried about his hat blowing off it's like how like it wasn't that windy like we're not talking about like the wind that was at the old course last year like we're talking about wind that was definitely very playable so like I honest I honestly think he like like someone like left it in his hotel room previously like he's on this and he's like you know what I'm gonna put this on my head. <laughs> He's played in 22 other Opens before this, like, and he's never had to paperclip his hat to no, his it's, hair. It, exactly. It's like, it's the whole aggressive colors thing all over again. It's like, uh, you know what, I'm just going to put a paperclip in my hat and see if anyone notices. It was an aggressive color paperclip, that was the, or binder clip, that was the key. Man, those, those just some absolutely hilarious Twitter accounts that popped out from that, huh? Oh Phil's my binder God. clip. 
Good God, lord. Just, just like it. the it's like the, the did Stephen Bowditch break eighty account that followed me a few weeks ago too. It's like it, like I don't know what you people are doing, but you also need to stop. <laughs> you told you told me you would follow me if I made that Twitter account. <laughs> um, no, I, I think uh, with Phil, I, I, I'm still back to Phil. Like I, I I can't. I don't know what your feeling is before you go to bed tonight. Is he probably at complete peace with himself? First of all. On the on the jet on the way back, he's probably bet he's gambled and lost that silver plate, silver medal that he won. Like it, it's lost oh, yeah. already. It's gone by now, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, they're, they're, like the the forty thousand dollar bottle of wine that Amy picked out, like that's gone too. It's all. <laughs> it's, it's all. Sean Zach from uh, Golf dot com tweeted out as we've been on here that uh, I forget who or I can see here. Webb Simpson's one of them. Keegan Bradley. And a few others just headed off number one tee to play more golf at at Troon right now. What are the really? odds? Well, yeah, what are the odds that Phil shows up on that first green trying to press the bets? <laughs> that would be the best. All right, that would be amazing. That's officially the last gambling Phil reference I'm going to make this week. I, I've <laughs> beaten it to death as I do. I'm I'm I, uh, I'm done. I'm retired. It's okay. I've fake text messages from him and Henry since all weekend, so I mean I I, I can't really throw any stones in that one i emptied the chamber all my phil jokes i recycled everyone i had i got a lot of heat from people on recycling tweets this week so you didn't you didn't try and jordan the shank golf ball though i did not do that you did that um i I don't think i crying jordan anything this week wow i'm losing it i'm losing my touch (laughs) um so we talked a little bit about rory's comments um did you make much of speed's comments after his round on saturday saying he thinks the uh Media doesn't really treat him fairly. He gets too many negative questions, and he's having a lot better year than people make it out to be. Uh, I, I see. It's tough because I think I think we not not necessarily we, but like I think the, the media in general. I do think they do pick at speed a little more than they probably should. Um, same same thing with Rory. Same thing with Jason Day. Like whenever we've talked about this before. Like whenever whenever there's any slight hint that they've started to struggle, you know they'll they'll finish. They'll, they'll miss one cut and then they'll finish like T45, T22 or something. And people are asking like, what's wrong with them? Um, I, I do think that they are a little unfair. So I understand his, his hesitation and his, and his frustration towards that. Um, but part of me also thinks too, that it's very, like if, if he's bringing this up at a press conference and the way that he said it, um, it's very clearly in his head. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's where it starts to get a little, a little, a little weird for me because, like, I just, I think that it's. I, part of me now does wonder how much of it is actually affecting him. Like, I mean, obviously he's going to be fine ultimately. Like, he's too talented not to be. But I just, if he's thinking about it, and he was, and he seemed, he seemed really, you know, he was pissed when he was talking about it in the presser. It's like, you know, is this, is this starting to affect you negatively? And it seems, it seems likely that it is at this point. Yeah, um, I was talking about this a little bit with Tron on Saturday. Um, it, it doesn't really register that much with me um, in that I, I kind of compare this year uh, uh, for him to Rory 2013, which is still a bit unfair to Spieth. Spieth won twice this year. Rory didn't win on the PGA Tour that year. Um, it was kind of his year, at, Rory's year after the big year. He followed, 2014 was a huge year for Rory, but hadn't occurred yet at that point. 2012, I think he got to number one in the world, was number one in the world entering uh, 2013. Signed the big Nike contract. Things got a little hairy for him. He withdrew at Honda, cited the wisdom teeth, walked off the course after nine holes. 
it was just kind of like a little bit of immaturity shining through from Rory's side and that it just seemed to get everything got really big and really real for him really fast and he had not was not quite fully ready to handle that and I think he would admit that that's kind of the feeling I get right now with Spieth and that what he did last year winning two majors almost winning a grand slam winning the FedEx Cup um, follow it's it just he set such an unrealistic precedent for what we can expect from him and that he I mean he's two swings away from being from winning the Masters this year from being a major yeah. champion this year and those two swing if those two swings don't happen the none of these questions happen I mean it'd be like wow he hasn't followed up the major win that well in these U.S. Open and, and, and Open Championship but it wouldn't be it would be registering on the scale at all right now I don't think so um I think there is a bit of overreaction to it, and I think he's just got to be like he's got to just dread going in that press room. It is, it does sound like it's starting to wear on him. He's got to dread just like dealing with all these questions, like about how bad you're playing and whatnot. When he's really not been that bad, I mean, he's not striking it as well as last year. But again, that shouldn't be the barometer. And uh, I mean, I know he signed big endorsement deals and is former number one player in the world, and uh, you know that maybe maybe it is fair to hold him to that really really high standard but i'm just kind of like man this is this is pro- it's some, probably somewhere in the middle this what tron said as well in the middle between last season and this season as to what we can expect from him but man i just i don't know i i, I can kind of see where he's coming from at the same time man you don't you don't want to feed don't want to feed the guys that are that are driving this narrative this exact stuff you know what i mean because that's going to get them the exact it's going to become a story like everything does so well, exactly. I, like, I, I think that, that that's why I'm just a little concerned because it's just like, well, I, I like, ultimately, like I said, he's going to be fine. But like, I just part of me now just wonders how much he's thinking about this stuff. Like, is he just getting so frustrated that like he can't play to the level that we know he's capable of playing at? Um, like with that said, though, like it's not like he's been struggling. Like he won. He won what, like five, six weeks? No, I guess yeah, about six, seven weeks ago at uh, yeah. was it the, the Dean and Deluca? Yeah, it's um, colonial. Just call it colonial. Yeah, it's colonial. Um, but like, yeah, so like he won. He didn't. It wasn't that long ago that he's won. Like he's got a bunch of top fives this year. He's got two wins. Like he absolutely killed everyone in Hawaii. Like I, I'm not really all that concerned about it. Um, like he's too good not to be good. That's the thing. But. You know, now I do kind of wonder how much he's thinking about it and if that's actually seeping in. Um, because I mean, we've seen we've seen how explosive and expressive he is on the course too. Like, and part of he's just thinking about where where his head's at. But uh, he's he's going to be fine. I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, and again, the run he went on for five straight majors is if he had just sprinkled in whatever he finished at the U.S. Open and whatever he finished this week in between that run of you know not finishing outside the top four of a major and five straight majors, no one would have thought anything of it. Um, Tiger went on a two-year span in 03-04 where he had maybe two top tens at, at majors, if I remember that stat right. Like, yeah. um, it was a swing change, I know, but it's like these span like <laughs> – to call like a two tournament major slump to call like to bring attention to that, that that's not a slump that's, that's not, not that's a, a normal slump. thing like if if we're going to do that i mean I, jason day the success he's had in the last year outweighs speed's success as ridiculous as that sounds it's accurate um so he's earned more will or i guess goodwill i guess you could say in that regard but jason day's been a non-factor in the last Three made three majors. Was he a factor this year at the um, at the Masters? Like, if we're going to be short sighted, like we, <laughs> it's, we should be dishing out in days in days direction too. You know? No, exactly. I mean, I, 
Well, yeah, that's not sorry. That's not really that fair. He was T eight at the U.S. Open, T ten at the Masters, and T twenty two this week. So maybe that was a little unfair. But but, but it didn't though. Like we're but like I I don't really recall thinking that really any point in those three events that like he had like a he like a great shot at winning any of them either. Yeah. You know, like and and so like and and that's fine. Like there's nothing. Yeah, again, that's not the standard. That's, that's not the standard, right? Right. I mean, look, if he was going out there and just missing cuts, if he was missing cuts in all the majors and like you know three out of five tour stops or something like that then sure we could talk about that but i i just now i'm actually wondering how much of it it's affecting his game that's all um hopefully not too much because obviously he's fantastic and he's great for everything so uh, i wouldn't worry too much about it but you never know yeah um i think i don't want to say again a two-win season and one that he almost won a major i don't want to call it a wash but I feel like um, he almost just needs some time off. I, I, his crazy schedule at the beginning of the year kind of just threw things off. He just looks uncomfortable in the course, and I don't know if it's because yeah. we notice it more because he's he's on TV more and whatnot. But it just something just doesn't seem totally right with him. He seems a little a bit petulant out there on the course, and maybe when he was winning five times a year, that seemed real, like just oh, that's just Jordan being Jordan. Now it seems whiny, but. Um, I don't enjoy watching him as much as I did last year. Again, last year was historic, but I did, it, I'm not saying I'm not a big fanboy for speed anymore, but it is wearing on me at least a little bit, not as much as it is on other people, because I think other people are uh, to the point where they don't like him. I mean, there's definitely people that yeah. are not fans of him at this point, which you well, couldn't have imagined that a year ago. No, exactly. I mean, people, it's it's gone, that has gone, uh, it's obvious, that's gone too far. But like, you know, again, like this is, this is, I, I mean, part of part of me thinks that, like, it comes, like, I saw Tron tweet about this, too, about how it comes with the territory. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. It does. But, you know, it, it's kind of ridiculous, the, the standard that he's been asked to, to live up to, too. Like, I, I don't, he's, he's not, he's not missing cuts. Like, he's not going out there and just, you know, shanking balls left and right and, and you know, doing, you know, firing 80s everywhere. Like, he's, golf is tough. This is what happens sometimes. Like, it's not. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, who will, on that, I mean, I, I, again, I'm not a hot take at all. He's a top five player in the world. Would not be shocked at all to see him win the PGA in a couple weeks. Or, yeah, no, in two of weeks. of course not. So, I mean, what, with that, I don't know how much you know about Baltusrol. Do you have any guys that and you... And by when, you mean finish five shots back of Sergio, is what you're saying. Okay. Here. So That's what that, you mean. So is that, I, I guess, did you just answer my question? Is that what your pick is going to be for Baltusrol? <laughs> I, I can't, I actually can't remember. We did We did a podcast... Uh, beginning of the year where we picked the major winners and I honestly can't remember who I picked oh, okay. for Baltus role. Uh, I'd have to go back and find it I guess but uh, well, we... I, it might have been Matsuyama now that I'm thinking about it But you already uh, lost that bet man you already owe me a round of golf whenever we finally actually meet in person you owe me a round of golf I know that's it makes me it makes me shake every time I think about it. Um, no, I I, I Baltus Roll I don't know a ton about to be honest. I know way more about Troon than I do about Baltus Roll. Um I mean, it, it was last there, what, in like 05, I think, for PGA? Um, yep, Phil. Something, something like that. Phil won there. Um, I mean, who knows? I mean, he, he he could be the guy to look at right now. I mean, <laughs> no. Right? As, as, as crazy as that sounds, I mean, he could be the guy to look at. So. I was going to say, are the odds even up? He's got to be less than 15 to 1 to win the PGA now, I would think. But I would think so, yeah. Um, man, I, it's, uh, it's hard for me not to be a little bit bitter because this was, this was almost Phil's, like, Jack Nicholas, age forty six, run at it. It's just uh, uh, Stenson earned it. It's so hard to be upset about it. I know you I can't. Know. You can't be upset about it. I'm like, not. It I'm not. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not. Like, it, it was. It was a great 
it was a great day. Like it just it, no one's earned it more than Stenson just earned it. Like it, no, this is this. I'm I'm chalking this up to this being having just ended like two hours ago, and I still haven't fully grasped everything that just happened, and uh, I'm still kind of on this roller coaster a little bit, but. Um, what it's worth, I'm seeing like 25 to 1 right now for Phil. Oh, that ball just okay, that's going to dip, but I'm going to have to get yeah. on that right now. But um, 20 to 25. For being not having a horse in this race at all, you are perhaps the biggest Ryder Cup fan I know, definitely biggest of anyone <laughs> I know that does not have a horse in the race. But right. um, I typically don't like knee-jerk reactions after like a tournament that's months out and saying, how is this going to impact the Ryder Cup? But I do think this week will have – a lot of impact as we get, you know, there's only one more major left where the points count double. We get a lot better picture of who we think is going to be on the team. So I do think this was a significant week and that JB Holmes earned a ton of points. Um, are, do, are there any other takeaways from a Ryder Cup perspective you have uh, from this week? Uh, not necessarily from this week. I mean, it's been a little while since you and I talked about this, but I mean, you, you guys like the, like Europe, Europe wasn't looking so good on paper about yeah. what, six months ago. Yeah. Um, but like you, you should be a little scared. Um, you know, obviously, like they're they're big four guys up at the top there. Whether with Rory and Rose and Stenson and Sergio, they were always going to be there. But like you look down further on the list, and it's like you probably should be a little concerned about Danny Willett and Matthew Fitzpatrick um, and Andy Sullivan and guys like that. Like it's just yeah, like it's it's not going to be as much of a cakewalk as I think you and I talked about back in. January. So. I've definitely shifted in that direction too. Mostly though because of the months the month leading up to this of how lackluster US golf has been. I guess I would say month leading up to the US Open because DJ's breakthrough um, was pretty big and the the US the most of the US team actually had really good strong weeks in true this week, but we're talking about a completely different style of golf. Again, we're two months out from the Ryder Cup. It's impossible to really say that this is gonna like this is a good sign for the US team and whatnot. Um I think JB, yeah, the big takeaway is like I think JB Holmes is now going to be on the team because he's going to skyrocket up to about. I thought I think I saw Doug Ferguson or somebody tweet that he'll, he'll be fourth or fifth in the rankings. I think at this point, but it is a log jam on the U.S. team between like um, Zach Johnson came in this week at around four million four thousand points, and Holmes was at twelfth at three thousand. So there's just a ton of guys in that weird phase, but. Yeah, I mean, there's there's only there's only only DJ and Spieth have essentially locked up a spot on the team, right? right? So it's like, yeah, I mean, you could have anywhere from you could have anybody from from Phil. Like right now, I think Fowler's outside of a, a, of a guaranteed spot. Yep. So like you know he like you never would have thought in the last year that that Fowler was going to need a captain's pick. Yeah. Which is basically like the worst thing for Davis Love because he you can't you can't just leave Fowler off the team. No. So. You know what he wants. He absolutely wants Fowler to qualify so that he doesn't have to. You know, instead of some someone like you know Charlie Hoffman qualifying or something. Um, how how worried are you that like he's going to take a pick on like Webb Simpson? Um, or or something like you know like I, I I wrote a piece a little while ago saying making making a case for Jim Furyk, and yeah. the reason I made the case for it was I was looking at the roster and I'm like. You know what? You have a ton of bombers out here. You're going to need someone to find the middle. He's been playing well since he got back from the wrist injury. To me, it made a little bit of sense, and I got absolutely crucified. Yeah, um, it. I think Kevin Van Valkenburg has made the point in how much like that class of players, like those guys in their young fifties, late forties, like look out for each other in historical yeah. reference. Uh, 
I forget the example he gave, but maybe Jay Hawes taking some guys in their upper 40s and whatnot, and the guys they've known for 20 years and they're, they're friends with have a hard time not taking spending a captain's pick on them. So I can see it happening. Um, I can see a scenario that I've somehow talked myself into that come September. If there's not a clear-cut 12th guy to add to the team, um, I could I could go with that. Um, as much as Furyk passed, first of all, for the record, that was my that was my theory on it as well. Like, yeah. I wasn't saying like, oh my god, you need to pick Jim Furyk. Like it was it was basically like, well, who else are you going to pick at this point? I, I guess I'd have to look at. I don't remember this. Is it his four ball record that's a complete joke? Like he's like two nine and whatever in one. Yeah, I'd have to look that up too. So all right, um, if you, let's say he you you make him the twelfth guy on the team and you want to send him out in foursomes, which I think he's got a decent record at, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, the U.S. team does not have a good record in foursomes. If you want to play him twice in foursomes and play his single match, maybe play him once in foursomes. I can latch onto that idea. But if there's hotter, younger players that are going to bring a lot more fire and, uh, and passion and uh, uh, just flair to it and, and care a lot more about it. if it's like between him and Patrick Reed getting a last spot or something like that, it's a pretty easy decision in my mind. So, which, so, his, so his, his, record, um, his record going into 2014 was 1-8-1 one, in one four balls. And he won one of them, if I remember, because yeah. I because I was citing that record during 2014, like every other yeah. tweet, I think. So yeah, like don't like look I, in a, in a perfect world, someone like guys like Justin Thomas and Tony Finau, like, those are the guys that you want up there and qualifying and playing well. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's there's definitely a, a more than more than decent chance, I think, that you have guys like Kucher and, and Simpson and whoever else either making the team or being close, and that's you know. You throw them in against guys like you know Fitzpatrick and Willett and you know all those guys, and then it gets a little dicey. Isn't it crazy that Steve Stricker has more Ryder Cup points than Tony Finau does? Oh my God! Finau is fifty second going at that uh, seems wrong. Well, I, so he only got like three hundred thousand or something. The tournament he won was like a very small purse because it was an opposite field event. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that does not seem right. Something seems wrong there. Um, hey, look! If Stricker keeps playing the way he's playing right now, you might need to take him anyway. Yeah, I think he's he's going there as an as, a, as an assistant with with Tiger. I think so. You don't have to worry about Tiger making it. So yeah, I I haven't done this exercise adding up points for everyone, like adding up everyone's fall series points. I think Kevin Na would get a bump from this. Kisner would get a bump from this. So I'm being biased and cherry picking Justin Thomas in that he made about 1.5 million or something like that in two events. He finished third and then one in Malaysia. That would yep. put him jump him to like tenth in points right now. Again, the other guys may may jump in the list as well, but those fact those points don't count at all. Still a little bitter about, but at the same time, um, he's not. I don't know. So he's not shown consistent enough play to make me think that he's like he should be on the Ryder Cup team definitively. But yep. I feel like and I, the U.S. Open was definitely this way. He led the team, led the led the uh, led the entire field in birdies or better. So he makes a ton of bogeys, but he also makes a ton of birdies. And I feel like that's a great, great four-ball player you could have on that team. It's a guy that's going to go out there and just maybe make six birdies. He might eject and be in his pocket on on three or four of the holes. That's fine. Pair him with Spieth or somebody that's going to make a lot of pars. And I think you've got I think you've got a potential Ryder Cupper from that perspective. But um, you can set up the course. They can set up the course however they want to. They can make the fairways wide, suit the, suit the bombers if they want to. It usually sets up very easy. He plays well on easier courses, I think. Uh, I mean, c- 
comparatively speaking, in Malaysia he won at like 28 under or something like that. I can make the case for it still. I know points-wise he's not close, but and I know I'm he's my boy and I'm biased there, but <laughs> it, it could happen. No, look, if, of anyone who's currently not qualified, I think you can probably make the argument that he's the most talented of the of the actual group that isn't qualified yet. Um, it's just, I mean, he I, he's had trouble being consistent, like you said. So it's 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 tough. But I mean, I do think that you know, like you said, if you put him with somebody like like Spieth or um, someone like Brand Snedeker, even. Like yeah. you, you put him with a guy like that, and I think it can, I think it can really work. Um, which is kind of why I was, I was thinking about Furyk um, previously. Because I'm like, what are you going to do? You can't just have, you can't just have guys like Kepka and Thomas and whoever else just going out there and bombing the ball and having no idea where it's going. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. It's very true. Um, I we just got, a, I just got a random question on Twitter. Um, I didn't even like float out the idea of uh, of podcast questions, but. Uh, Ola Scholander once says, players, FedEx Cup, Race to Dubai, Ryder Cup, and now the Open for Stenson. Hall of Famer? Ooh. Um, I don't know I, how you factor in. I, I, don't, I don't think he's qualified for it. Don't you have to like specifically qualify for it now? Yeah, well, that, that's because they, they, they got rid of the international ballot, right? It's, so it's yeah, like, too, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think the, the tough thing, too, is, is like they've... You know, they're yeah. The tough thing is, is that there aren't as many wins anymore for these guys. Like Phil's got like what, like forty-five wins or something, <laughs> yeah. something ridiculous. Like you're never going to see a tour player now. Like if you can get, if you get into double digits, like you're doing incredible stuff. Yeah. And so like that's, I, I would, I think at a at a quick without ever really doing any research on it, I would say yes. But that's. I, God, that's tough. Yeah, and it's a good question, but to be honest, I, I do just don't care about the Hall of Fame. I don't care about the Hall of Fame. I really don't. <laughs> I really, the fact that Zach Johnson's probably going to make it is just make like, you know what, I, I don't care about the Golf Hall of Fame. But, um, all right, Sarson, anything else we missed from the Open Championship? Have we covered all bases? Uh, probably. I mean, we can, I, I can go on and on. Yeah. On about what happened today. But, I mean, so that's... I, I, I will never see another day like this. And if anyone listening to this didn't see it for some reason, you need to do whatever you can to figure that out. It needs um, to be like immediately like golf's greatest rounds. It, that needs to be on there. Like it's that's absolutely. that's tailor made for golf channel, golf's greatest rounds, ESPN classic. It could use a thirty for thirty for all I know. Was, that was... <laughs> I would be shocked. I would be shocked if golf channel doesn't have it on at some point this coming week. Like, oh yeah, they, because, they have to. Yeah, they have the rights to the immediate rights to it. So that's got to, it's an easy one for them. It's a layout. With the Canadian Open field this week, I mean, you're not going to do anything uh, with that. So you might as well just you know, might it, as well play it. Has anybody crying Jordan all of Canada because of the field this week? Well, I mean, you can if you like. Um, I'll leave that one to you. I, as as a Canadian citizen, I'd probably be uh, sport. I'd just I'd be expelled from the country. So I actually have a perfect. I, uh, I have I a perfect gift for it, and you'll hate it because it's a wrestling one too, and you love wrestling. So is it the yeah. Shawn Michaels thing? I don't know. The one where they lay the flag out or whatever? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're doing. Sorry in advance. I know I'm not Canadian, so this, the apology is not implied, but sorry uh, in advance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarson, thank you for helping me recap a truly historic day in golf. Um, man, only one more major in two more weeks, and we're off for eight and a half months, nine months of it. At least we have a Ryder Cup this year, but... It's amazing how fast these majors have gone this year, but uh, they've all been a lot of fun. They've all been cr- pretty crazy. 
yeah, it's it's been it's been incredible, and uh, you know we'll just we'll do it again in a couple of weeks, and then uh, yeah, Ryder Cup. I'm always looking forward to that too. So. All right, I'm gonna do. I'll do all I can in the meantime to get you to be rooting for the U.S. Come Ryder Cup time. But, uh, <laughs> good luck. All right. All right. Thank you for the time, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.